the, the knowledge, the glory of the God is everywhere. God's glory is everywhere. He's in every place, but we just don't understand how to get it to manifest. See, that's the problem with most churches, including myself, as I was growing up in the Lord, not knowing how to manifest. The Bible says that when two or three gather together and he is in our midst, gather together in his name, he is in our midst. But how do we get him to manifest? To where there's no more sickness, no more disease, no more, no more fear, no more anger. How do we get him to manifest? He's so tangible in the atmosphere. How do you know? Because there's peace. You can feel him charging the atmosphere. How do we get him to manifest? We're going to be teaching all that tonight about the kingdom of God. But I want to lay just a little foundation. The Lord's giving me a lot of revelation next door as I was praying for the service. And you remember when Satan fell, he was cast out of heaven, right? Y'all remember that? Did you realize that the earth was already formed? The earth was already formed. Genesis 1. But in the second verse, it says it was without form now. It was void. It was in chaos. It was in disorder. So the Holy Spirit began to hover over the darkness, right? Y'all remember that? Began to hover over the darkness, over the void of the earth. And then what? God spoke and he said, let there be light. So order just got set. So if your life is in any kind of chaos and disorder, then there's a void there. And God is going to speak light into those areas. And then he's going to say, let there be, let there be, let there be. Where Satan says, I, I, I. If you can just, just get the I out of your vocabulary. Because it all started with Satan. I will ascend above the throne of God. I will ascend above his congregation. Do you realize, and this is how it all started. You know how one person in a church takes all the people with him? Or half the people with him? Or three people with him? It all started in the church in heaven. Satan took one third of the angels with him. You see how it started? Because of pride. Pride did it. Pride comes before the fall. Satan was cast down to the earth because of pride. And I love uh, Robin's testimony about the eye. Man, before the eye, uh, just after the eye, there's going to be destruction somewhere if we don't repent quickly. But listen to this. Satan was the first illegal alien on the earth. Why? He had power. But he didn't have power and authority. Write that down. The teachers, the ones who are getting ordained, listen to this. This is a revelation. Satan was cast down with power, but no authority. Right? Okay, that's what the word says. You got to dig into it. But this comes by revelation to me as I hear God speaking and give me more understanding about the kingdom. Now, as God is creating the earth out of its void, the Holy Spirit hovered, he spoke, and things began to happen. 
And then comes Adam. He made Adam. And he said to Adam, I'm giving you power and what? Dominion. That means authority. Power and authority. Most of the churches don't have any authority. They have a lot of power, but no authority. You've got to have authority to cast out a devil. You have to have authority to cast out the sickness. You've got to have authority to do these things. And you see, when Adam fell, he forfeited his power and his authority, and now Satan has power and authority on the earth. That's why for, for thousands of years or 400 years or whatever went before Christ came, Nobody was able to cast out a devil. Not one person. Because there was no authority. You had prophets. Right? But there was no authority. The authority came back to man at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. At the death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus could only lay down his life because of power he had. He could only receive the authority back at the resurrection. Y'all getting this? So now he has power and authority on the year of Jesus Christ. He stripped Satan of power and authority on the earth. Then what happens? Jesus leaves, and he says, I must go so that you may receive the Holy Spirit of power. Right? Okay. And you get born again, and that power comes in your spirit. Now you have power. And how do you know that you have power? Peace came into your heart. But most of the church doesn't have authority yet, and we are the church. Everybody sitting here is the church. But the kingdom works through the church. So now we have power. How are we going to get this authority that we need to walk in total victory, to cast out fear, cast out depression, cast out all these things that are not in God's kingdom? How are we going to do this? Jesus said, work out your salvation. Okay, so when your mind gets renewed by the word of God and you start talking like God, acting like God, walking like God, loving like God, the whole time you're working this out, the authority is coming on you. You can't have any eyes in your vocabulary. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Who is speaking? All we are is a voice. If you look at the, all through the word, we just have a voice. We're at, we speak the thought that comes to our mind. And we're going to have bad thoughts. We're going to have good thoughts. We're going to have bad thoughts. We're going to have good thoughts. And all the bad thoughts are from the enemy. He's still roaming around. The Bible says he's still roaming around like a, what, lion, a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. So he's still looking for somebody to devour. How does he devour the church? Through fear. He can devour us through fear and depression and then obsession and then possession of the, of the mind. He can't possess your spirit, but he can possess your mind. And then the church is committing suicide. 
Church people, come on. That should not be. I was contemplating suicide before I got into the church, but I know better now that there's no suicide in the kingdom of God. There's nothing but everlasting life. That's the kingdom. Now, when Lee gets up, she's going to talk about the kingdom. But there's Jesus mentioned in the scripture that there's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of heaven is where God dwells in the heavens. And he's enthroned. He has dominion over everything. He's omnipresent, sovereignty. The kingdom of God is the visible manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is invisible. When you feel the peace in the air, the atmosphere, that's the kingdom of heaven just came down here because we worship God. Now, I want to be able to uh, uh, bring forth the kingdom of God out of the atmosphere and drive out visibly something in our lives. That's the kingdom of God, which is Jesus Christ. He's the power of the kingdom. And he drives anything out that's not supposed to be in the temple of God that's keeping you held back from the best that God has for you. God is a good God. He said, he said in that scripture that he, he wants to give you the kingdom. Well, most of the church is in the kingdom, but we have not received what's, what the benefits are in the kingdom. There's no fear in this kingdom. There's no worry in his kingdom. There's no debt in his kingdom. There's no poverty in his kingdom. All that he broke off of the people at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we receive him in our spirit, it's broken off of us too. But then when he begins to help us grow up in him, all hell breaks loose. Trials break out. Everything breaks out in my head. Everything's resurrected in my head. The fears, the anger, everything's resurrected. Why? Because the power just rose up to purge out of my mind everything that's in the way of me receiving God's best. You see how this works? And most of us yield to the old man. The old man is the man of fear, the man of anger. The old man wants his way and not God's way. Excellent testimony. We have to stay humble. God. He says he's enthroned in a contrite spirit. Now, if he's enthroned in a contrite spirit, then you're going to have dominion. She's going to have power and authority because now God can get his word in this head right here. Just because you got saved by the spirit don't mean you have the word of God in you. You didn't get the word of God in you when you got saved. The Bible says the Spirit saved you. The Spirit of life saved you. What saves this soul right here? This is the soul, the head, the mind, is the Word. The Word is revealed to you. If that Word has not been revealed to you, then you have not been in the Bible enough. You've got to read it until God pops something out at you, like Carrie said, pops something out at me. That's your Word. Is God saying, I love you. And I'm fixing to perform for you. 
if you would just humble humble yourself and receive my implanted word into your head and let me go through you to perform only what I can do. If we thought we could do anything, we'd be God, wouldn't we? Well, God's proven that. We can't do it. I remember crying out to God, I'm gonna, I want to I, I wanna be possessed by Jesus. I, I want to be possessed by Jesus. He said, it'll never happen. Because you can't do it. He said, take the I out of it. Say, we want to be possessed by Jesus. My spirit, my soul, my body wants to be possessed by Jesus. So that when you go in the marketplace and you go here or there, you're bringing the presence of God. You're bringing the dominion of God in the place. You're bringing the light of God in the place. And things begin to shift in the atmosphere. That's what happened at the hospital the other night, the other day when I went up there. The Lord said, I don't want anybody in that room. In fact, he put a playlist together of songs, says Robin, on the, on the playlist. Certain songs, he wanted me to go in there and worship in that room. And Robin and I worshiped. And then God just started moving. And the, and the word of knowledge and calling out everything that was, that was causing that cancer, calling out everything that was causing fear, everything that she didn't even know was there, he was calling out. <laughs> but Satan will hold you back from God's best. And the prophetic word came, and the Lord said, a shift just happened. So she turned. And you know when something turned, it's on the road of recovery. Powerful revelation the Lord gave me. Sift, shift, and lift. Every evangelist should have that. That's this ministry. Sift, shift, and lift. There's a sifting that's going to happen, and it's going to be you. It's going to be your thoughts. It's going to be your ways. And then he's going to shift us, and he's going to point us towards the kingdom of God and the manifestation of the God, and he will lift us out of that state that we're in and you'll never revisit that place again. I'm a testimony. And if we don't have a testimony, all we have is a ceremony. Right? No testimony, it's just a ceremony. And I don't want to go to no more ceremonies. Right? Okay? Because religion is a form of godliness and has no power. That's why most of the most Christians are sick, they're busted, disgusted, broke, going crazy, and it shouldn't be. This ministry is to help you grow up in Christ and understand the revelation of God that came into you at the born again experience as Christ unfolds himself in you in layers. The seed of Christ is opening up on the inside of you and revealing himself to your mind. And when you have the mind of Christ, you will have the authority of God. Come on, give him some praise. He's speaking. So now, Satan is illegal again. He still has power, but he has no authority. You have it. If you get this word of God in here, It'll cast out fear. It'll cast out uh, everything that's not like God. So now Satan's illegal. The Spirit of God always hovers over something that's in chaos and disorder. 
And then he speaks. And he brings order back into everything. Then he brings instruction. Then he brings the kingdom. Then he brings dominion. Now you're one of the glorious sons of God on the earth. Come on, Lee. Praise the Lord. Give him some praise. All right, praise the Lord. That is awesome. He basically gave a good summary of the whole lesson. <laughs> but now we're going to walk through it in the Word. Does everybody have their Bible? Because this is awesome. If you have your Bible, have it out. Because the one thing that really helps in teaching, because you know what? I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to teach. That I don't want you to believe what this ministry teaches you. I want you to see it in the Word of God and know that the Word is you're learning it right from the word. I do want to open up to, before I get into the lesson, to in Matthew, to the Lord's Prayer. If everybody can turn to Matthew chapter 6. Get the scriptures on the screen. Yes, he's. No, you don't have that one. This oh, one I just want to, yeah. Okay, okay. And I will go right to the next scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. I just want to read this really quick so you can understand a little bit of the beginning of where we're going. Now, I know in every religion or any place or denomination that anybody has attended, because I grew up in the Episcopal, everybody learns the prayer of the Father, the Father's prayer, right? Is there anybody in here who doesn't know the Father's prayer? Everybody knows it, don't they? But I love it because it's in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus tells the people how to pray. If you don't know what to pray, pray this prayer because this prayer really covers everything. And it says, pray therefore like this, our father who art, who is in heaven, how will be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive us of our debts, this one says, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is the most interesting sentence. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, I love that. I never, I mean, we read through the Lord's Prayer so fast, but that last line, he tells us, but for yours is the kingdom, it's his kingdom, his power, and his glory. And you know, as I reflect on that, because I say the Lord's Prayer almost every day, it's very rare that I don't say it within a day. I know a lot of you do, because that's what the Lord, it's like already in us. He already said, this is the way we pray. The message is called the kingdom power is the name of this message. And you know, and he even tells us right there in that prayer for his is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Like we were talking before, everybody in here is minister. This is the wrong. Do you, did you change to the other one? The other music? Do you want this music? Is this one? Okay, we can keep it. All right. Holy. Oh, no, I at the Stanton Lanier. But that's okay. That's good. I'll still use this one. We are ministers. 
as I, when I started off, we are ministers of life. And you know, a minister of life is about love and power in the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And when I grew into this ministry, I did not understand that we had a Holy Spirit in us. We did not have this Holy Spirit in us. So it's the kingdom power that we're talking about tonight to how to understand what is the kingdom power. Jesus made this remarkable statement to his disciples in Luke 12, 32. He said, in Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So this is awesome. Jesus already told his disciples, those who chose to follow him, he told them not to fear. Because once we understand the kingdom and the power and growing into the glory, he already lets, when he tells us, do not fear, what does that mean? That means we're going to be tempted to fear, to have fear. So this statement applies to all of us today. He lets us know, we, if you are a disciple of Christ, if you are a born-again believer and your heart knows that he was the son of God and he was resurrected back to the Father, that we are not to fear, but we will have moments of fear. And he says, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You know, so he wants to, he wants to give us this kingdom. He wants to give us this power and he wants us to be those people that manifest his glory. So this statement applies to everybody today that's following Jesus. So no matter what troubles or fears contend with your life, God has given us his kingdom. So we have to start recognizing we are to have the kingdom of God. It is part of our inheritance. How do you know when you have the kingdom, you know, and it contends in your life and God has given the kingdom? There is a light that shines. It is a light. You can see it in a person's face. It shines and you can know when somebody has the kingdom because it is powerful when they walk into an atmosphere like Jean was talking about. We walk into a place like a hospital, boom, the atmosphere has to change. Because what's in you is greater than what's around us. And so we bring light into something. You know, I went to a person's, you know, in, in, in real estate. I have to go out to houses every day. And I know every time I go to someone's house, I know that I'm not going there just to be a real estate agent. I'm going there to step into what? That atmosphere. And there's something, there's always something in the atmosphere Todd and I went to a house in Effingham, and when we went into this house and we walked around, we went into this little girl's room. She was a 14-year-old, and it was postered. What was on the wall? It, some, it was an animation, I, I, anime, some character. But when we walked in, we felt the darkness in that room. You could feel that there was another presence in that young girl's room. And the moment we walked in there, I just started under my breath, pleading the blood of Jesus. And you know, that is a client that is an excellent client, but you know what? And we didn't mention anything. We don't mention anything to people like that. But when we walk in, we knew that we were there to change an atmosphere, although they think we're there to help them with their house, which we are. But everybody has that dual calling. 
that when they step into and they realize that we are to shine with that kingdom and it becomes a powerful aura from within you and it's to break an atmosphere. It's to bring the goodness of God into that atmosphere. And I know that as I've watched people grow here, I have seen people, we have heard testimonies that as they grow that kingdom in them, they step into another environment. They can change that environment because it's powerful. Because when that darkness, when that light enters in, the sweeping has to happen. And what goes away? Sickness cannot stay around the kingdom of God. Driving out demons. Demons can't stay around you if you're walking with the light. There can be no lack in that environment. And if there is lack, you're there to what? Fill in the void. And death. There is no death in the kingdom of God. As we work in you know, the business end and train to reign, we meet so many people that want to bring life into their business. But they have to know about the kingdom of God. And you know what? It's about education. You know, when I went into business and I switched from being a teacher into a realtor, I kept thinking, I can't be a real estate agent. I don't even like them. <laughs> All they do is take. That's the only experience I had. And I do remember hearing a voice say to me, you will educate. You will educate. And you know what? We have to walk and know what we have. When I came into this ministry, I didn't know that there was a regenerated spirit in me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom and for me to experience the power and then for me to experience the glory of what that power has. That's awesome. Matthew, we become lights shining in the darkness. Matthew 5, 14, 16, it says... You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, that's really powerful because we are to be the lights shining in darkness. When we walk into an atmosphere, now everybody knows as you travel up and down hills and you see that one little city on the hill and all the little what? Lights. Do you know what I mean? And you can see it when you're passing. That's what we look like to Satan. When we walk into atmosphere, remember things are invisible around us. But when we walk into that atmosphere and when it's an appointed time for a person and everybody in here has had an appointed time, you've had a moment where the spirit, the kingdom of God stepped into your world to what? bring you into understanding. He wants us to understand because we are the light of that world. He wants to put us as that city that darkness can't miss us. When Jean and Zinni went into the hospital, darkness couldn't miss them. Something had to change. A shift had to change. And you know what? Every time we understand and connect with that, you do that. When I had you all say, we are ministers. Everybody in here is a minister. Everybody in here has the little light. Everybody has to get that light to what? Increase. You know, the more you, after you're born again, and you start learning this word of God, your little man gets bigger. The light gets bigger. The light gets stronger. And before you know it, you think like God. The light immerses in our soul. 
And then we think like God, we act like God, and we can step in and have the confidence of God because that kingdom is in us. And that's what we're growing here, the confidence of Christ in us. So we shine from the inside out. We shine from the inside out. You know, I know that before I entered in this ministry, I was a really happy person. It is my nature to be joyful. But I had my times that I wasn't joyful. I didn't want to go places. I didn't want to do things. Now when I step into a place, I don't know why I'm going there. I don't know why this day the, or, the Lord has ordered, but I know it's to still break something and then to show love and to, and to teach it to other people. So it's awesome. Our spiritual light is generated from within us. It's like this little powerhouse. When the kingdom of God is flowing, now flowing means movement. That means it's got to be, it's got to be in motion. How do we get it in motion? Worship, spending time in the word. When the kingdom of God is flowing in us and now through us by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, it is like this great, it becomes a greater light and generating light. And that's what this spirit is. I could not, I mean, it was so real to me and I couldn't believe all the years I didn't understand. This little generator was in my heart. It was in the center of my being where I knew the intuition where God spoke to me. But I just thought that was just, I, I had good intuition. I didn't know it's because God's kingdom was in me. And then when I learned I have to fellowship with God's kingdom, I have to commune with him, my light started getting brighter. In fact, I remember the first time I got prayed on. And even though I believed in God and loved Jesus, I did not know him. I knew who he was. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that I had this little regenerated spirit, this regenerated spirit full of the light that was supposed to be activated. I was on this floor and it just kept flowing and flowing. Something kept flowing. I don't know how long I sat here, but I felt this energy and it was just like, you know, when a heart patient, you have to put the little electrodes on to get them started. Man, my generator needed a serious start. It needed a serious heart. What's it called? What's it called? Defibrillator, right? That's a great word. I needed a serious defibrillator. And that's what happened to me on this floor in here four and a half years ago. I laid here and my generator was getting boom, boom, boom. And it just didn't, it didn't stop. I really do think I was laying here for two hours and I would think it was over. And then, oh, you know, I felt it from my center. And this, so we all walk around knowing we had this intuition. We sense something. But the regenerated spirit, re, okay, that means again. <laughs> re means to restart again. Sometimes, I loved when Robin told the story. Oh, I didn't worship for a couple days. She had to get back into agreement that the kingdom of God was in her. You know, it's okay that we stumble, but we've got to regenerate that spirit. And the only way to do it is through worship, communing. I didn't understand singing. When I first came in here, I sat in the back row. I watched everybody else sing. Hands up, people speaking in tongues. Did not understand one word of it. I sat in a quiet Episcopal church. But then when I felt the spirit in me, man, I started raising my hands. And the more I raised my hands, the more it grew. The more I started thanking God in my prayers at home, I felt it overtake me. In fact, the first time I felt the spirit regenerate and hit, 
I was like, oh, please don't go away. <laughs> that is what I said to it. Please don't go away. That felt good. That felt good. There felt power. And it felt like something I didn't understand. But I knew it gave me peace. And when I recognized that it gave me peace, man, I wanted to keep regenerating it, keep bringing it alive. And then I learned, man, worship does that. Started worshiping. And then all of a sudden, I could call upon the name of Jesus and feel that spirit, and it never went away. And that's when my discernment became real. That's when my discernment, I could start to see things in the spirit. I knew the Lord would show me something before it happened, so it prepared me. When I don't worship, I miss out. When we don't worship, we miss out on that. So that regenerated spirit in us is like a light. That it's like a generator. It generates like it's like you ever hear that when you when you um you know um, when you bicycle and it's bringing electricity and the light bulb goes on. You know the old time light bulbs. You know if you put energy to it, the light bulb starts lighting. Okay, well that's exactly how this happens. As you worship God, the light bulb starts going. It starts glowing. It starts getting brighter. And then when you walk in that atmosphere, you bet the demons and the devil and everybody knows. Whoa, she's got power because you maintain that. You have to maintain that. Okay, so as we learn how this kingdom functions and then we act on the principles. So we have to learn how do we work this kingdom that's in us? Well, first we have to be born again. We have to accept Christ in our heart. We have to confess it with our lips and we have to start just believing in faith. We don't have to understand it all. We have to believe in faith. When we start the functioning process in acting worship and meditating on the word, wow, you just start feeling different. Peace comes in and you start, you start doing good works. You start doing things you don't know why you're doing them, but they're the good works of God. Those are the things that he has assigned you to do and you can't miss it. And boy, you are just happy and joyful. Raise your hand if you have felt it. When you felt that lifting and you know you did something in the day you didn't plan to do, but boy, it was for him and you can't miss out on it. So you know what? The light, the light, the light, the light is the kingdom of power. There's power in that light, the kingdom of God that is in us. So what is the kingdom of God? Let's break it down even more. The kingdom of God, it is his, God's sovereign government on earth. So there's an order. Government means order. There is an order on earth that, and it has to what manifest through us. So in the new Testament, the Greek word for kingdom means royalty, rule, sovereignty, royal power. So God's kingdom is a sovereign government that has to do with royalty and ruling. And so his kingdom rules over sickness, poverty, and oppression. But you have to recognize that it's in you. It's in you. I used to think that you prayed to God and something just fell, fell out of the sky. I didn't know that there was a connector in me to connect with him. And it became one. And it became, it became it's a power, it's a cylinder that connects your inner kingdom of God to the, um, to the sovereign power of God. 
So he has the sovereign royal power over the enemy. We don't, we just have to what? Let that power work through us. We don't have the power. It's his power. When Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected and he came back and gave the Holy Spirit within us. So we have to be reconciled back to God to understand the governmental power for it to work in our life, for it to work within us. So the kingdom, there is a difference between the kingdom and the church. Jesus spoke of the kingdom more in the Bible than he spoke of the church. He spoke of the kingdom more than a hundred times. This is Jesus. This is in Jesus in the gospel. But while he referred to the church only twice, okay, the church is the body. Note, Jesus remained on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection. He instructed his disciples about the kingdom. When you read the gospels, he's teaching his disciples about the kingdom, its power, and its glory. The healing, the removing of the demons. He is teaching his disciples what they're going to possess. He was teaching them the whole time. He instructed his disciples. Acts 1.3 says, To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So this is what happened. Jesus did this where he presented himself alive after his death. And then after he had suffered many infallible proofs, the proof was there. They witnessed. Here, we're, you know what? We, we didn't get to witness it. We partake with his suffering as we grow in this kingdom. But the, his disciples actually they actually had proof being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He was telling them about the power. He was telling them about the glory. And they were growing in that. God gave Jesus, after his resurrection, the authority in heaven and now on earth. So because Jesus, I love this, he got up every day, he prayed to his father. He was in his father. His father, they were one. And so he took his instruction. Do you know in the kingdom of God, all we have to do is pray to the father through Jesus. And he's going to show us what we need to do. We don't have to be responsible for our lives. You know, I say that, that's kind of a risky statement, right? We have to be responsible. But the thing that was really cool to me, wow, the kingdom of God is in me. The Holy Spirit wants to tell me what I'm to do, how I'm to do it where I'm to go. He's going to teach me in his word. Man, this is awesome. Before I was working about how I could work out my life, what I thought my next step would be. And then you know what? You start getting into that worldly way. Got to go to college. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to look this good. You know, got to have all the right things. And then everything becomes about possessions piling on you, trying to be something the world will accept when we don't have to worry about that because the king, once we connect with the kingdom of God, we get accepted by him. And he already says, Lee, I designed you to do something different. Lee, I designed you to do this. Now, Lee, I'm going to show you this. Now, Lee, I need you to do this. Now, isn't that awesome? I don't have to worry about, I'm not, I'm not responsible. I'm just, I just have to be mature enough to hear him, 
know that the kingdom has power and go forth with it. Do you know, I love this because I had a vision recently where I am walking down a hospital and I am looking at every chart. I don't even have to see the patient. And I call each chart whole and people were becoming whole. So what did he do? He showed me that the kingdom of God in me, okay, he is going to use me to speak and that will happen. That's why I loved it about when Robin didn't have to get that, that test because the Lord already showed her water didn't have to be drained because he was going to do it. The power works through. We just have to hear the voice. You know, God has to work through us. Satan works through us too. <laughs> God, had, but the Lord wants to work his kingdom through our what? Mouth. He needs to work through that. But we have to what? Our generator has to be generated. It has to be alive and connected and reconciled to him. Matthew 28, 18 says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So as we surrender ourselves to Jesus through his gospels, through his epistles, and we surrender our mind to understanding the kingdom of God, that power has to increase. You, you have to grow, you grow in that. The church is not the kingdom, but rather an agency. I love that. Real estate agents, right? It's the agency through which the kingdom is extended. You know, it says everybody will praise his name. Do you know as each person's little energy, as we're in here worshiping and everybody's light is being what? Generated and increased. Do you know that we become as the church? We are the body, the church together. And we become an agency. We become a place through which the kingdom of God is extended. So when we're in here on glory night and we have prophecy and people speak and healings happen, healings have happened in this place. It's because why? We as the body, the church have what? Generated up and we elevated up in love and energy because we tapped into our what? The kingdom of God, which there is power and there is authority and then the glory comes. And you know, anything can happen in the glory. Creative miracles can happen in the glory. Healings happen in the glory. We just have to believe that this is, that we, I'm going to tell you, as I speak it, I know, you know, it's real. You know, when Gene said I had to be a teacher, <laughs> Gene said I had to be a teacher. When he said I was a teacher and I had to come up, I didn't want to get up and talk. But you know what? One of the things I heard the Lord tell me, they all have the spirit in them. They all are connected to me. They all will connect with the word of God. Stick to the word. If we stick to the word and understand the word, man, that's how love starts growing. Your love relationship with him. You want to start singing and praising his name because you start feeling different. Things start changing. And when they change in you, it starts with the spirit, soul, and then the body. And then when you get a bunch of bodies coming together, that's the church. And when all the bodies come, something's got to happen in this place. Because his word does not come back to his void. It, it, it has to because he has been given the authority over the heavens and the earth. If the kingdom of God is in us and the church is the agency that extends the kingdom, then what is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is a location. It's a spiritual location called heaven from which God rules 
and influences the earth and the entire universe. I love this poster because this poster was awesome. God dwells in the heaven. This is, this is the kingdom of heaven. The second heaven, which is in the word of God, is the kingdom of Satan. So here we are, life on earth, the first heaven. We stand here on earth. We've got to be able to break these chains of bondage, all the lies we believe that we're sick, that, you know, this is just, I'm angry because I'm angry. I'm depressed because, well, that's just, you know, I'm depressed. No, we have to break those understandings and know that we are whole in him. And the only way to break the second heaven is through worship, praising his name. And when we start connecting with it, us here on earth connects our kingdom, the kingdom of God, the generated spirit starts connecting with that third heaven. And it's got to separate. That has to separate. And you know what? Visually, I remember when I saw my first vision of me worshiping, it was like my hands went up and divided the second heaven. And then the cylinder came down, the flow came down. And guess what was getting generated? My spirit. I don't need someone to lay hands on me now to generate my spirit. I know how to get that spirit generated. And you know, that is our weapon of warfare, getting that spirit so we know because he's already told us that he has all the authority. We connect with him. He lives in us. That authority has to go, what? Through us. It has to go through us. Isn't this awesome? The kingdom of heaven is invisible. You can't necessarily see it, but it's there. But it impacts the visible world as the kingdom of God through us. So it gets impacted through us. The moment I start connecting with the word, believing the word, trusting on the word, leaning on the word, what happens? I now can impact. The kingdom of God can be impacted through me in an environment, through you, through people that you bring and understand. Do you know what I mean? That's why this mission statement, we are here to what? Encourage the kingdom of God that's in each and every one of us. You know, when, I, when somebody starts going through change and I end up being the counselor, some people don't like my Texas because I'm trying to keep them on the vein of connecting with him because it can be done through you. You know, in the, in the Episcopal and Catholic Church, there's hierarchy, right? And a person works to get to these levels of hierarchy and it's like, wow, that man's holy. Guess what? We're all supposed to be holy. Okay? And that's the difference between the kingdom of God and the church age. The church age looks to the leader as they have the power. I just have to sit here and listen and be good. Okay? That means show up, pay my money, don't talk, volunteer as much as I can so the church looks good. <laughs> okay? The good works that the Lord is talking about is the works that get generated from the kingdom of God in us. It's not about how great you signed up and got something done. If the Lord says you're supposed to come and clean this ministry, then you come and clean this ministry because that's a work that the generated spirit told you to do. And so as we grow and understand that it's not about the man, it's about what's in each and every one of us. And now, that is awesome. I mean, let me tell you, talk about a revelation. Hey, and when I read in Genesis that we get the victory when we connect with it? Man, what do we have to worry about? We get the victory. I mean, 
Hey, I remember, you remember when I first realized that? I was jumping up here. And I didn't understand half the Bible. But when I understood that, I automatically had the victory when I connected with the truth. So it says, if we are healed by his stripes, do you know what I mean? That by his stripes we are healed. Man, I'm healed. (laughs) And the moment I feel a sickness or I feel a cold coming on me, and I know people have known me, I get over my colds really quick. When I get a cold, man, I start calling, praying, worshiping. Boom, it goes away. When I start getting a headache, plead the blood of Jesus. Whatever has to come out of me can come out. But that's with all of us. That's all of us. That's the awesome part. I'm not special. As much as I want to be special, I am special because he gave the kingdom of God to me and he gave it to you. And he gave it to each and every one of us to grow, understand, develop, be affirmed, be encouraged, step out. We're to step out. So it's an invisible kingdom, which is what makes it so hard sometimes. Come on. When you're walking in darkness and you can't see where you're going, what do you do? Stand still. (laughs) Right? When we're supposed to keep walking through the darkness, not stopping, not getting to that next level. But we have to, that's faith. We connect with his grace and his faith. And what does that do? Generate our spirit. Every time we experience that greater faith, the kingdom of God gets extended. It gets extended. And the dominion of authority of the king to mankind works through us. So Jesus wants to dwell with us. So what does he do? Sends us the Holy Spirit. So we have this awesome Holy Spirit who wants to teach us, live with us, generate in us, but then Jesus comes in and he sanctifies us. And so hold on to the plow because there's going to be some stuff that got to leave. We get in ruts. We get stuck in the mud. We get stuck in the mud and we don't know how to get out. But that's when God sends you to a place like this to get you out into the next place. So awesome. It is all about relationship. It... You know, I never understood that. I mean, we understand relationship. It's a word, right? A relationship is when two people come together, they communicate and they have a relationship. But you know how many relationships in the world today fail? Because why? We have voids in us. So what do we end up doing? Failing others. Because we can't do it. We have to first get our relationship with Christ right and get that with our regenerated spirit before we can ever enter into a good relationship with another person. Think about it and be honest. How many people have failed a relationship? Right. We have failed people, not because our heart wanted to, just because we didn't understand how the kingdom of God worked within us and that void needed to be filled. So if we have a right relationship with our heavenly father through Jesus, we will experience that spiritual atmosphere of heaven on the earth. We actually start, we bring it and extract it and we bring it down. So right relationship is different than right standing. Everybody's heard the word righteous, right? So right relationship is different from right standing. The difference is in right standing with God, we have access. We have access to grace, the grace, unmerited favor, grace, supernatural power. We have access to it in which we stand. So, but if you don't know how to use that power, if you don't know how to connect with that, 
but you know you're born again, well, then you're in right standing with God. You have access to that supernatural grace in which we stand. So that is, that's a person in right standing. So everybody in here is in right standing. Everybody in here loves God. If you're born again, you are in right standing with God. And that regenerated spirit is there. Now is it being accessed? Do you know how to use it? Do we know the rule book of it? Do you know what I mean? I love this. You go to a new job. What do you get? You get, usually got to get an itinerary of what your new job is, right? Man, when you get born again, what do you get? The Bible. Okay? And I dated a guy that said the Bible means believe in before leaving earth. <laughs> Crazy. The Bible is now. The Bible's not later. The Bible is now. The Bible was created by the Holy Spirit through anointed people. So we had what? Our playbook. We had, our, we had the word that we knew how to what? Bring us into relationship, reconcile back to God. That's awesome. See, we don't have to worry. This is where I love this. We're not it's responsible. You know what I mean? This is what's responsible. This is what the power is. I need to know this. This needs to become, I need to become one with this in my heart. Get that word in me so it can be what? I can know it in my head so that when it's time to speak it, the, he gives me the authority through him to speak the word and it changes the atmosphere. So right relationship, I like this with right standing. Recognize this, our spirit is always in right standing with God. So if you're born again, and you've had that experience, you're in right standing. But right relationship is a manifestation. It's a manifestation, the presence of the Father in the earth and manifesting the kingdom power on the earth. You are in right relationship because we have a soul. We have a mind. Everything has to be produced. This has the whole blueprint. It has everything we're to do. But then this, the soul, we have to work at our salvation. And as we grow in the word, we have to reason with that word. We have to choose God with that word. And then what? Boom. As we started off, he already warned us to what? Do not fear. But boom, fear start hitting us, start hitting us. And we're like, are we in the right place? Because fear sets in during that time of your growing. Because our soul has to produce the kingdom of God. It has to believe the word. You know, every word that proceeds out of your mouth has a spirit behind it. It's either going to have the spirit of darkness. That means wrong thinking. Or it's going to have the spirit of light. Jesus. That means a revelatory word that you experience. Like, I'll never forget when I learned. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Well, I always thought God was near me. Draw near to me. So when I heard that word, I had to intellectually reason it. Draw near to me, and he'll draw near to me. Okay, then I had to choose to activate that, which means I had to worship. So I figured, okay, what's drawing near to him? I learned in this ministry, read and worship. Well, the more I started worshiping, what happened? My spirit started growing. And then I started feeling a presence come out of the sky on my body. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says, but I don't need to go and get one massage ever in my life. The best massage is when you get the presence resting on your body. Do you know what I mean? And you know what? I don't need to listen to music because the most beautiful music is when I am worshiping, you get into that heaven, you get into that cylinder, you can hear the angels right in the throne room. And you know what? When you start getting these touches of God, draw near to me 
I will draw near to you. I broke through my fears. You know, what was my fear? <sighs> How long is it going to take to worship? <laughs> How long do I have to sit here? And I would do it at night, and then I would do it in the morning. I was crazy at first. I did it when I went to bed. I did it when I got up in the morning. And you know what? I just got up like an energizer bunny. Yes, let's start singing. And some mornings I didn't feel anything. But when I started connecting with that other realm, I was just like, it's real. I ran into Gene. Gene, oh my gosh, you never believe what happened. This is real. And he's looking at me like, duh, this is real. That's what, that revelation is love. Then a love starts pouring out that you can't deny that you've experienced. So what did I do? I'm now becoming one with the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, see, you grow into it. Then he starts showing you things. It's so awesome. So, I mean, it's awesome because I lived so many years going to church every Sunday, opening up the Bible only on Sunday. It wasn't even mine. It was the churches. It sat in the pew. We, didn't, we, don't even have, we don't even have Bibles here on the back ends of the pews, you know. There was always a Bible there for everybody. There was more Bibles in that church than, you know, in here. But, you know, it is kind of funny when you start realizing there's so much more. And, you know, even though I was 40 years old when I figured this out, I'm now 46. And, you know, I can't imagine ever going back the other way. Because it's about relationship. It's about relationship. So being in right relationship is getting that word in your soul and getting it to know. Now produce it, experience it, love it. And then you end up loving him. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Do you know this is one thing? People can memorize a word. And you know what? I wanted to do that when I first came here. This man would pray out words, and I would be like, wow, that's a lot of word. And I would want to find the scriptures, and then I would start like, okay, I need to memorize this. And you know what? I couldn't memorize it because it was just a word. So I would think about those words, and I think they sounded really cool, but I didn't have understanding of that word. So when it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, when that word draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What happened when I started experiencing that? What happened? Power. Power happened. Power starts growing in you. And then, then authority happens. But that power, he already tells us, you can know a word, but it doesn't mean the power, the spirit behind it is God yet. That's spending time with him so your soul can produce. Now there's times, I'll, Robin's been through this. I know several of you have. A word will come to my mind, and I don't know why, and I'll say it to the person I'm supposed to say it to. You can feel the power set right into that person's spirit. And I didn't even know what I was doing when that started to work. And you started to see that happen. But it was the power of the word to help that person. If there is no presence of God or power of the Holy Spirit, then we're just sitting in religion. Sitting in the Episcopal Church all those years, when I sat in there, it was just religion. I didn't feel anything. I felt guilt more than anything else. Am I paying my tithe? Because I knew I was supposed to pay 10%. But I'd sit there and Rachel would be like, Mom, why are you writing a check to this church? <laughs> she knew. This was the most beautiful thing about this child. She would sit next to me in the Episcopal Church, and I forced her to get confirmed in the Episcopal Church when she was 10 to 11 years old. 
She would tell me, Mom, I am not learning anything. She would be screaming it to me. I said, you're going to do this because this is what we do. Because this is what we do. (laughs) I wasn't tapping into the kingdom of God. I was putting her through religion. But she already knew it because she's young. Kids sense the truth because there's purity in them. You know, she would always hit me. I don't want to be here. Don't give this money. She was very good like that. (laughs) She was very good letting me know that. But it was just religion. I was putting my own child through religion. And when we stepped in these doors, we had to renew our, we had to change our thinking to know that there is a kingdom power in us. For our gospel, our good news did not come from you in word only, but also in power. You know, the good news, it's power. When we talk about it and we experience it, it's power. And through the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know, what kind of men we were among from you. This is a verse. 1 Thessalonians, thank you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. When we experience the word and we know it was of God, it wasn't just the word, you felt the power. How many people have felt convicted from the word of God when they've heard the word? It enters in. And then what does it do? It divides the spirit and the soul. And now the soul has to understand that word so that the spirit can overtake and produce it. So the Holy Spirit is much assurance. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is. It is to assure us. It is to help guide us. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And this is Paul talking to the church of the Thessalonians where he actually, you know, was talking to them and he was teaching them how to walk this out, the kingdom of God. Many preachers talk about the kingdom. So you hear about the kingdom in churches, but there are no accompanying signs. Okay, why is that? Because they're not being taught relationship. Signs of power. That means a sign of a manifested change, a healing, a miracle. All right, so when there's no relationship, it's impossible to access the grace So even though we are in right standing, if we're not communing with God through the word or worship, do you know we can't connect with that grace? We can't connect to that grace. It's like spinning up, but you keep hitting the top. It's like you keep hitting because you can't connect with the grace. So we have to be in right relationship. Each time the kingdom is preached, it must be manifested with a visible act of power. And what does that mean? Sickness has to go. What is another manifestation, an actual manifestation, visible act of power? You don't sin anymore. Something that you used to do, you don't do anymore. If you were a heavy drinker and you know you've learned, you know, the kingdom of power is in you, you don't feel like taking a drink. If you were a person that slept around with everybody, just because our world really teaches us that that's okay. But the moment the kingdom of God is in you, you don't want to do that anymore. All right? You know, when you start feeling like I'm supposed to be down, broke, sick, poverty, well, when you, when you recognize the kingdom of God in you, what happens? You don't have that anymore. And then you don't realize that you're supposed to be on the bottom. You realize he's trying to elevate you to the top. So all those things, sickness, sin, demons, poverty, death, they are all proceeded from Satan's kingdom. Those are the lies of the second heaven. 
These are the lies of the second heaven. You know, Rachel will come home and says, I don't feel good. Pray to God because you are not sick. I always tell her if she doesn't feel good, she's not sick. She is whole in the name of Jesus. In fact, even when I get a headache, I'll have her lay her hand on me because she's a healer. She has healing hands. We have healing hands because if that kingdom power is in us, we have the ability to change that in a person. Each time Jesus announced the good news of the kingdom, these five entities could not remain. And that is sickness, sin, demons, poverty, and death. Unfortunately, there are many people who preach, a lot of people who are in theology, who never witnessed healing or casting out demons because they did not have relationship. So that's a person who grows up and says, hey, I'm going to be a minister. And they go to seminary. But all they do is learn facts and figures. They never learn the true movement of the kingdom of God within them. There are a lot. I, I would put money on this. <laughs> and we're not supposed to bet. But I would, I, I would believe that every single... I thought about this last night. And I went to church all growing up. I remember Father Henderson, Father Hubbard. I remember all the ministers that I had been connected to that I don't believe that they knew that they had kingdom power in them. I don't because nothing ever manifested. There was nothing different that happened in that church. It just became rotational. It came tradition. It came uh, routine. Everything became routined. The church truly does lack a relationship. And how do you know when you're having a relationship? You're reading the words, you're worshiping, manifested change happens. But what you really start noticing is a pattern. What is the pattern of the kingdom of God? Death, burial, and resurrection. You start noticing something's dying and something is dying about you. Something in you can't, it can't work. It's lonely. It feels alone. And, but when the kingdom of God starts entering in, fear comes. So the Lord said to his disciples, do not fear because he's about to what? Bring a change. He's about to bring that change. He's about to break that chain and show you the truth of the word so you stop believing the lie, something we always think. When Rachel was born, her father's side of the family, almost everybody has died of diabetes before they were 50. In fact, the only person who is not dead is her grandfather. He's made it past 50, everybody else. So I would walk into that house when I was married to her dad, and all you would hear Get, her dad was going to get diabetes. They're all going to get diabetes, blah, 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 blah. Well, when Rachel was born, they kept calling me. Did you have her tested for diabetes yet? Because they were so strong that she was going to be diabetic that I had to like not listen to it. Do you know what I mean? And it was, I wasn't supposed to say that. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but when I realized, I remember already sensing, even though I wasn't in a complete relationship with the Lord, I knew that wasn't right. Something in me already knew I wasn't to connect with that. I wasn't to think about it. I didn't even worry about having her tested. I just was like, she's not going to be diabetic because it didn't feel right. You know, deep down, it doesn't feel right when we get bogged down with all this stuff. How many people go to the doctor, right? And then they give you a cause and then they tell you, well, this could be happening. This could be happening, but I don't know why it's happening. How many people have gone, I don't know why this is happening, because it's the first phase, it's the first step, you know, of you, Satan wants to get you in, encircled 
and suck you into that whole thought that you're going to be, you're going to die. So Hebrews 12, 28, do you have that on there? Okay. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Okay. We're going to pause right there. This is awesome. There are things people have told you. There are things that you believe, just like Rachel's health when her family said she's going to be diabetic, that I had to know that it, that's what they said, but it wasn't real. When we focus in the word, I love this. Yes, one more indicates the removal of those things that were being shaken. Do you know what our belief system has to be shaken? Do you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? I, meaning when you believe one thing, and now you've learned the truth of the Lord that you are whole in the name of Jesus. Do you know you feel the fear enter in and you feel the shaking because you're going to be tested. The belief of it and to trust and lean on him. So he says to us that there are certain things that are going to be shaken as of things that are made. That means created, made up. That the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what things that don't get shaken as the kingdom of God is being generated in us. What things don't move? Okay, those things are of God. Those are the things that have everlasting life. But the belief system and the things that you experience when they're shaking, which I know people have felt the changes, well, then you know that they're not of the Lord. Let it go. Don't hold on to those belief systems. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, when we stand on that kingdom, when we connect with that kingdom and know its power, that power cannot be shaken. We have to actually believe in that and know that we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace, unmerited favor, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, I'm going to tell you the first time I experienced this. Well, I experienced it before that, but this is a good one. I mean, it's just a good example. I remember when I would hear people saying the word, I would hear all the time, you would hear this people, Smiley is the one that I really heard it from the most. It said, um, uh, it's the word that says, um, that says, um, no weapon shall be formed against you, for that is the heritage of his people. So that means when somebody is speaking against you, that no weapon formed something created around you, made, you know, something, you know, we no weapon formed against you shall prosper. All right. Well, I would hear that, and I never understood that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But I actually meditated on the while, on that, and I would hear it, and you would hear people pray, and that would be one of the things they would always pray out. Well, then I actually experienced that word, and it was, it was given to me. It, was, it could not be shaken at the moment that I experienced it. And I got in a situation where somebody reported me into the real estate commission for not doing a paperwork file properly. And when I got reported, I got this official letter. And what did I do? Fear hit me. Fear hit me. I couldn't believe I was being reported, you know, about, you know, policy and procedures. Well, anyway, so the good thing was is I committed it right to God. I remember being broken, hurt, thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be fined money. Because guess what? I didn't really collect the policy and procedures signed and dated. So what they reported me was... was 
what they reported me for, I was guilty. <laughs> so that means I was wrong, you know, and I could validate and justify that wrong all I want to. The bottom line is, the rule is, you have to collect the policy and procedure, signed and initial dated, and I didn't do it. Well, I was upset. I didn't even tell Jean about it when I got the letter. I kept that in my heart because I knew that all the growth I have grown in the Lord and everything I was doing, I did not believe that, that I believed in the kingdom of God. And I went home and I was worshiping, worshiping. And then when I stood up right out of my center, spoke out that word. And I have never spoken it like that. The word came out of my spirit and there was power on it because it overtook me when I spoke it. And I was like, no weapon formed again. And it just started coming out. And I was like, wow, what was that all about? Like I wasn't, you know, it's kind of, I wasn't even really connecting it, the two things. Well, do you know that the grace of God, that I experienced the grace because I felt peace after I said it. I did not worry about, I had to go through a, um, a trial, report in 30 days. They rebuttaled in 30 days. I had to go through this whole thing. I let the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, lead me through my answers and you know what? I didn't tell anybody about it until I got the letter saying I was pardoned. I did. I was pardoned. I was pardoned so much that, you know, every time you're reported to the, the board, they have to keep a record. So if somebody wanted to say, oh, are they a good real estate company? Let me check them out. Well, it, ha it has to say that I was reported. But you know, my pardon of letter said, it even said, and this will not stay on your record. See, God does it better, you know? And you know what? I really released it unto him. The word came out with the spirit of the kingdom. And you know what? I received a kingdom which could not be shaken. Let us have grace. I received grace. I was wrong. <laughs> By which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Well, you know what? I love God. I have reverence for him. I believe that the kingdom power is greater than I am in this world. And so when I experienced that power of it coming out, I've had other moments like that, but that one, I was really wrong, but I received his grace. So he is going to shake us when we start growing and the kingdom of God is growing in, growing in us and we have to go from glory to glory on this in-between stage, you're going to be shaken. You are going to be, something is going to happen and he's going to look to see that you're going to stand on him and he wants to show you his grace. So we are receiving this kingdom of the spirit coming through the soul because my soul had to what? My spirit knew the word I needed to say. I had to confess it out, but my, who had to produce it? My soul had to be in agreement with what it heard and I had to speak it out and I had to speak it out. Matthew 7, 24, 25 says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, okay, because we have to hear him and then we have to do them. I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the houses and it did not fall. I did not fall. I made it, right? Because what? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Do you know that's the obedience of Christ? When we take our thought, 
captivated up to him and we surrender our soul to the obedience of the spirit. And when we speak it, there's power. That is the kingdom of God. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended. I felt rain. I felt flood and the winds blew and it beat on me. But this house, this house of God did not fall. We all have that same, the kingdom of God is in all of us. And you know, he knows the right word for the right moment and for how it has to be pressed out. It's awesome. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. Okay, it says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, it's been given to us, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You know, we, that, our foundation has to be in Jesus Christ, knowing the Holy Spirit. What? Oh, now if anyone, what, what, huh? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of that sort. It is if anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anybody's, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through a fire. I love that because even in David, you know, people got burned in a, they got burned in the fire, three of them, and they were protected. They were not scourged. So there are times that there are going to be some things that we experience that we're going to feel the fire. But that's because the Lord is trying to what? Clean out what's not of him and what will remain is what is in him. That's the everlasting life. So the, the kingdom power has the power to remove what is standing in the way of your access to the grace in which you stand. So kingdom has, I'm going to say that again. Kingdom has the power to remove, which is what they're talking about through the fire, the fire of his consuming love in a way of your access to the grace. So we have to get some things moved out as we're learning this relationship with him to connect with the grace. Romans 16.20 says, as you go through the fire and you let all that's not of God be burnt out, but yet he says, well, oh, go back to that. Go back to the last one. He says, but he himself will be saved. So even when you go through the fire, and he's going through, he's transforming you and he's training you and he's refining you. He still reminds you that you will be saved. That means go through it. Don't abort it. Go through it. Romans 16, 20 says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. That unmerited favor will be with you if you're willing to walk through that change. So peace is possible when one lives under submission. I love that word submission. Submission to the kingdom of God. Now that's really an ugly word <laughs> in the world because when, I mean, come on, when people get married and there's that verse where the person gets married and the woman says, I'll submit to the husband. Every husband loves the verse. 
You're not laughing. Nobody's giggling. But anyway, submission, you know, we have to submit to this kingdom. We have to be able to submit to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's, peace is only possible when one lives under the submission to the kingdom of God. And what do you get when you live to that submission? Submission is, that means you're not going to, even when I went through that whole thing with the, with the Georgia Real Estate Commission, I had to submit to the spirit. I wanted to what? My cardinal self, my flesh wanted to fight it. I wanted to be like, this is wrong. I did this. I did this. What? Justify myself. But it says our weapons of warfare are not cardinal, but they are mighty in God. So I could not work to defend myself. I had to let what? Be led by the spirit to do that. And so, and what did I receive? What is? He wants to give us all this kind of peace. Completeness. I felt complete. I felt complete because the void wasn't empty. He gave me unmerited favor. He, he made it end beautifully. There was a soundness. Peace has a sound. You don't, it's peace. It's quiet. Peace is safe. You know, safe is knowing you're protected. I felt very protected even though I didn't deserve it. How many times do you want to feel protected even when you don't deserve it? Do you know what I mean? You actually feel protected, safe. I felt well. Peace is happy. Peace is good health. Peace is prosperity. And you know, there's a verse, John 4.27. Everybody turn it. It's not on the screen, but John 4.27 says, I woke up the other morning and I knew we were going to be having a lesson on the kingdom of God when the Lord showed me John 4.27. And it's, uh, wait, hold on. 14.27, I'm sorry. I did write 4.27 in my notes, but it really is 14. And it said, 14.27 says, Peace, peace I leave with you. My peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Isn't that awesome? Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. So that's, we, he wants us to experience that level of peace. Luke 11.20 says, there's no Luke 11.20? Oh, the computer's broken. Minor technical, okay. I already read that, read that one. Okay, Luke 12, I have it written down. Luke eleven twenty says, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon me. That is a sign. If you know that you can use the finger of God, you know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. If as we as a body, if I can cast out demons with the finger of God, and that's how he shows us that. So how do we walk in the power of the resurrection? I'm just going to give you a couple verses that you guys can meditate on. But there are six ways how, and this is going to be the end, how to walk in the power of the resurrection. Six things. All right, and there's going to be a review. First, we have to die to our old self. That's our flesh. That's our cardinal man, our old belief. The things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. We must die daily in a daily relationship with him. 
Galatians 2.20 says, If I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, now I live by faith. So flesh is when we're making our own decisions. We're figuring things out. But if we submit everything unto Christ, and we know that he lives in us, and the kingdom of God lives in us, then we are to live by faith. We must die to that daily relationship. Do you know life means psyche? That's a meaning of the word life, which also means the soul. So the soul. So where is our life in our soul being renewed, dying to our old understanding and our soul being renewed to the word of God? Two, we are to live by faith of Christ within you, within me, here and now. It's not wait till I grow up. Keep doing it every day, submitting yourself and getting to live by faith. The flesh cannot produce faith because it is a heavenly substance. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we have to walk in faith. That doesn't mean we're necessarily going to see and understand that invisible heavenly kingdom. We have to walk in it because we know that we're told about it and we have to hope for it. Number three, receive your inheritance of the resurrection by faith. The resurrection, Jesus died, death, burial, resurrection. He was resurrected up to the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20 says... You have that up there? Oh, awesome. The eyes of your understanding, I didn't think you had these, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's what we want to we want to know. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places. Is there more? Is that all of it? Yeah. Okay, very good. So we have to know that he has asking us, he wants, you know, Paul always prayed for all his churches and he always prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come upon the people. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is learning to know Christ and now also to understand God's purpose, God's purpose and God's power. So when, when no wisdom, okay, yeah, that's, I didn't know you had this. No wisdom, no revelation, no power, all right? The Lord is looking for us to tap into the godly wisdom we need to pray for it. We pray for wisdom. We pray for revelation. We pray for that word to become alive to us because even Paul prayed that for his church. We should be praying that for ourselves. Gene prays that for all of us in here. As we start developing him to know Christ and to understand God's purpose in it. Do we know the authority and power? Do we? Our inheritance is in it. That is where our inheritance is, knowing the kingdom of God, knowing its power, and knowing the authority so that the glory can come. So we have to know him, and we have to understand God's purpose. Number four, knowing Christ in the power of his resurrection. Philippians 3.10 says, 
Oh, I love this. You have the whole thing on here. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Every time we become less of us and there is a death, man, and we bury it. That means we don't go back to it. We have been tested. We have been proved. We have been tried. A resurrection has to manifest itself. Matthew 10, 7, 8 says, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. This is what we do in the resurrection. <laughs> we have this power as we go and we preach what we've learned of the kingdom of God within us. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out the demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. Do you know we don't have to pay for it? It is a free gift already deposited in us. We have to learn how to know him and understand God's purpose in it. When we get those two together, boom, power hits. Number five, we have to recognize and understand God's sovereignty. What's that? That's understanding God's purpose and power in the, in the word. He is the author and the finisher of our life. John 9, 24, 25 says, so they again called the man. I love this. This is about a blind man. And um, this blind man was blind since the day he was born. Okay. Now, you know, the kingdom of God came upon this man because he, he, he was able, he, Jesus made him see. And so, and then the Pharisees kept trying to what? Pick on Jesus saying, hey, isn't he a sinner? Isn't he a sinner? Isn't he a sinner? Instead of focusing on the power of the kingdom of God, all the Pharisees and the people around were trying to accuse Jesus of being a sinner because he healed the man on the Sabbath, which there was not supposed to be any work on the Sabbath. So when they asked him, so they again called the man who was blind. They wanted to meet with him. And they said to him, give God the glory. We know that man is a sinner. So they didn't want him to even, even to testimony to the fact that Jesus, that Jesus worked through God. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, <laughs> I do not know. I love that answer. We shouldn't be worried about what, where everybody's at. We should be worried about helping everybody understand and connecting with the kingdom, knowing God's purpose. Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, I now see. And you know, that was understanding God's purpose and God's power. That blind man knew the kingdom of God had definitely come upon him because he said, I was blind, now I can see. That is exactly when we start understanding the purpose and the power of this kingdom in front of us, we feel like, oh my gosh, I am blind and now I can see. Isn't that awesome? You know, when you have that revelatory word and it becomes whole in your mind, you actually say, wow, I am blind and I can see. You know, I feel like that's exactly how I felt when I learned that the Holy Spirit was inside of me. <laughs> I learned that I had a new eye. You know, the word says that Holy Spirit, that the intuition of God is like an eye that directs you and guides you. When I learned that that eye was in my body, 
I, 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 I was blind and then I could see. Number six, we are to receive the revealed word now. That means seek it now from the Holy Spirit. In, invite your Holy Spirit. Talk to your Holy Spirit. Pray. When you pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, tap into your Holy Spirit because it's going to give you a revelation. Receive a revelation is a word within the word. Remember we talked about you can hear a word, but if there's no power behind it, and the power is it being revealed to you, like draw closer to me and I will draw closer to you. He had to reveal himself in that word for that word to become real to me. It became a word within the word. It's a word for the moment, a word for now. Just like the word when it said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That was a word for what? At that time, at that moment. And that was a word, not just because I was praying it out. That word came from the spirit. It was revealed to me. God is saying, every time he gives you a word, I love this. God is saying, I love you and I know what you need. But he, but we have to yield to that kingdom and yield to those words and spend time with him for that to develop. That spirit needs to be generated for it all to work. If I wasn't worshiping and if I wasn't reading in the word, I could have gone through that difficulty and not tapped into the spirit. And I might have gotten all messed up. I might have got fined. I might have had that stay on my record. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit and because I know he loves me because I'm seeking him, it says, nor eye has seen, nor ear has heard all the things I will do for those who love me. Well, loving him is worshiping him, loving him. You don't have to understand it all. You just have to want to have that spirit of wisdom. You have to desire the spirit of revelation to understand the purpose that he is doing. And that supernatural grace will hit. And he is saying, I love you, Lee. <laughs> and I know what you need, Lee. I love you, Robin. I know what you need, Robin. You know, he is saying that to us every time he gives us that revelatory word. And then what do we feel? Peace. Peace clears the field. Peace brings in the, 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 the completeness, the wellness, the soundness. It brings it all together. So it's beautiful. John 10, 27 says, awesome ending. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. They follow me. That means you do what he says. They follow him. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he will guide us. Matthew eleven twenty eight, the last verse, 29 and 30, says, Come to me, all you who labor. You know what the labor means? That means we're doing what we think we want to do. Our soul's doing what I want, what I think is right, how I think the problem should be solved. But he says, no, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Because, you know, when we're trying to do it ourselves, it's heavy. It doesn't work. We don't feel, we feel heavy. My, take my yoke. Oh, it says, I'm sorry, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if we come to him, he'll give us rest in a really crazy time. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. He teaches us in the rest. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, 
And then he puts the icing on the cake every time. When you hear him and you are led by him and you enter into that rest in anything that's going in your life, he will, he, you will learn from him and he will love you through it. He is a gentle, the Lord is gentle. And you will find rest for your soul. Your soul will find rest. So praise the Lord. I know that was a little bit long, but was it good? Yes. It was a good lesson. Things that we need to know. Let's stand up and give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. I thank you for um, Lee's obedience. You see the acceleration that happens in this ministry. Four years ago, she never opened up the Bible. Nope. So I love God. It tells you what the ministry is producing. And um, so keep coming uh, to all the services and discipleship. And, and, and Lee will be teaching. And you'll see this acceleration start to happen in your life. Amen. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the teaching tonight. I thank you that Jesus is the teacher working through his vessel tonight. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would descend upon all of us right now and be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened to know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in them and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them who believes according to the working of your mighty power. Amen. Let's give him some praise.